Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn more about us through zencare.org. Tathagata's true meaning. It doesn't say maybe or I'll try or perhaps. It says completely go for it. Not holding back anything. so amazing to think about allowing yourself to get out of your own way. Your story, your opinions, whether people are experiencing you in the way that you want to be experienced or not, it actually, from the Dharma point of view, doesn't The Andromeda galaxy doesn't care. Probably. What you're feeling. Or how you feel about whatever. As many of you know, I like to think of those kind of perspectives often. Because it really takes us out of our own way our own story. Our stories are so limited and mostly pretty boring. Even if you might have a very dramatic story or horrific story or a joyful story, they're usually not that fascinating. And as someone who has many terrible stories and wonderful stories and used to be really into all of those stories, I can just say it was so freeing to just to soften it all up and learn to be truly receptive to actually what moment-to-moment experience is. Instead of my overlay onto it all about how my story and my opinion is actually more important than anything new. And actually, I'm not going to let anything new in. And new meaning like right now, and then right now, and then right now. 
and it's not also our idea of what's new. Because our idea of what's new is usually what we actually want from our old story. What we think we're lacking. Maybe some of you have had those experiences like I have. The ninth stage of the ox herding pictures that we've been exploring It's called Reaching the Original Source. And the poem is, having returned to the source, effort is over. The intimate self sees nothing outside. <coughs> Hears nothing outside. Still, the endless river flows tranquilly on. The flowers are red. Basically, at this stage, life becomes very simple. Things are what they are. And we're not resisting and trying to manipulate what they are. And usually at this stage, it's just life is not what we thought it was. And to me, it's also arriving into this moment and you realize that this moment is not what you thought it was going to be. But so rarely do we allow that. Because we're so sure it should be really how we want it to be. And if anyone messes with that, fuck off. You know? It's that kind of energy. Don't mess with me in my way I want it to be. Anyone ever have that feeling? <laughs> Just me. Once. So for at least 2,600 years, people have been struggling with this same dynamic. Probably a lot longer. To me, I find incredible joy in that great river of other folks who have realized, like, wow, this is super challenging. We have to do it together. Or as someone reminded me this morning of Dogen's idea of receptive samadhi. That in many ways, the whole thing is about receptive samadhi. Developing the mind that is just totally receptive to whatever is happening. Or as our teacher loves to say, and so it goes. 
whatever is happening, and so it goes. Which is the mind, to me, of receptive samadhi. Not resisting or trying to control whatever is happening. The endless river flows tranquilly on and the flowers are red. I love that detail. And the floor is made of wood. The struggle is over at this stage. Does that mean you don't have to put any effort in? The struggle that it's referring to is the struggle of resisting what's happening. Self-clinging. Daito, who was my first teacher, said that from the perspective of the teacher-student relationship, there's an intimacy of the teacher and student. They're indistinguishable in their way of seeing and acting, although they still maintain their individuality. I realize the same truth as my teacher, but I am not the same as my teacher. My students are not my clones. All this takes is us willing to take down all the projections that we have on ourselves and others. No problem. What would it be like to allow yourself to actually have an experience with whoever's in front of you instead of your mediated experience of who's in front of you. That would be something. To me, that's exactly what the Dharma, when they talk about truly encountering the Dharma in a moment, that image of a turtle coming up in the middle of the Pacific Ocean and its head going through a piece of board that has a little hole in it, and it's the chance of it just surfacing at that moment and its head just popping through the hole in that little piece of wood. How rare it is. And kind of magical. To me, the beauty of practice is learning how to commit
to truly helping others in our thoughts, our words, and our actions. And not some of them. And not like when you're here. I was telling someone that I've really gotten into city bike. I'm very excited about city bike. And, uh, but I've noticed that on the bike, I've become very judgy. Because I'm pretty sure that everyone else, there are many people on that bike path on the West Side Highway who are not very thoughtful of others. And it's become like this Dharma training exercise, like, wow, check me out, like, judge, 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 judge. Not very nice person, judgy, judgy, judgy. Maybe some of you made judgments of others. It's so amazing, right, that we take ourselves out. And to me, it's just the attitude of like, wow, check that out. And not attaching or adding further judgment to it, but just noticing that. Like, wow, where is that coming from? Who knows? And to me, it's also like the stage where you're just saying the flowers are red. It's like, wow, that's a judgment. Is it right? Is that true? No. But to me it's very similar to like the flowers are red. But just noticing it. To me it's as beautiful as seeing that the flowers are red. Noticing that a judgment is arising and not making a whole thing about it allows us to see that the flowers are red. There was a wonderful teacher in this country named Yogan Senzaki, and uh, when he was five years old, his mother died. And then he was sent to live with his grandfather, and then when he was 16, his grandfather died. And finally, he met his teacher, who gave him the Dharma name Yogin, which means like a dream, like a fantasy, which is the end of the Diamond Sutra. And he studied for many years with his teacher, and then realized what he really wanted to do was open a kindergarten. So he opened a kindergarten. And then after he did that for a while, he went with his teacher to the United States for different reasons. And his teacher realized that he wanted to actually, felt like he wanted to stay in the States. So they were in Golden Gate Park and uh, And his teacher, Soyen, said, put down his suitcase in the middle of Golden Gate Park and said this. 
Just face the great city and see whether it conquers you or you conquer it. Do not feel obliged to serve me any longer. And make sure you do not ring a bell for 20 years. And walked away. And they never saw each other again. Yogan lived, did lots of jobs. He was like a dishwasher for a long time. Wonderful teacher. Some say that he was actually cleaned hotel rooms for a while. And did, as his teacher said, that he didn't ring a bell for 20 years. So he didn't teach, even though he had been a monastic. So he waited 20 years. Here in America, like, you know, a teacher tells you to do something, and you're like, no, I don't want to do that. You know, like, <laughs> we're in a different country. <laughs> land of the barbarians. <laughs> it's an interesting different view, right? You know, like, don't do that for 20 years. And he's like, cool. <laughs> Here, like, can you clean up that dish? No. <laughs> I don't feel like it. After the 20 years, he opened this thing called, he liked to call the floating zendo because they, they didn't really have a space. And uh, so they would sit in like people's living rooms or wherever with, and typically with, he would rent, he liked folding chairs because he thought that was American. He inspired so many students. Robert Aitken was one of his first students. It, was a, it really changed Americans, and he was like one of the people who really grounded it in a very earthy way. When he died, he said three things, some say. There's three sentences. And he said, remember the Dharma, remember the Dharma, remember the Dharma. So easy to forget the color red, what color things are, how our mind works. So easy to forget. Getting into our opinions and stories. Remember the Dharma. The 10th stage of the ox herding is entering the marketplace. 
entering the marketplace barefoot and unadorned, blissfully smiling, though covered with dust and ragged clothes. Using no supernatural power, you bring the withered trees spontaneously into bloom. There's no clinging. And everything becomes ordinary. In Zen, it's thought that this stage is, it's always kind of circling around, but it's also one of the most challenging. Because we can't be attached to a single thing. In particular, our story. That nothing is actually your possession. Not even your body. And it causes and needs tremendous effort. It's not a when you feel like it, I might try that kind of thing. There's an amazing story that Kenny, my trainer, told me. He was on a, a, a house where they were let, lifting off these lanterns where they were on fire. Have you ever seen those? Mm-hmm. They like, it just has a flame and then they're sort of magical and they kind of drift off unless it's very windy. And so they were lighting these lanterns, but it was very windy. And this one burst into flame and it was headed towards this wooden house. And so he ran to try to get this lantern, which was really a ball of fire, from landing on the roof. So he jumped and missed. And what he didn't see, because it was nighttime, was that what he, where he was jumping was off a 20-foot wall. So he was in mid-air, realized that he had missed the lantern and that there was nothing beneath him except a 20-foot drop. So extraordinary. As he said, I was so glad that I was sober. (laughs) And he realized that he had about a second to 
organize what he was going to do or he would probably could die. So he had to be completely in his body. And to figure out, was there anything he could grab onto? And how was he going to land? There were some branches and some wall, and so he just kind of grab, 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 and then landed almost like in a squat. And then he just stood up. And he was so surprised. And I said, how did you do that? And he said, I was just completely there. And I couldn't believe a single fear, even though the fears were just arising, arising, arising. And we were in the gym, and so I said, oh, there's a 20-foot wall. Let me, let me, let's do it again. And he said, no, because actually that was all about a commitment to actually try to help, try to protect something. And that would be just with no consequence. So how do you allow that? I mean, it's a very extreme story, but for me it's about the commitment to completely being where you are with that kind of urgency. To me, is actually where we can really be free in the marketplace. Coming down off the mountain into the marketplace, we're in the marketplace, but not we have not left the mountain, the groundedness. To study the Buddha way, Dogen says, is to study the self. To study the self is to forget the self. To forget the self is to flow with the 10,000 things. To be enlightened by the 10,000 things is to cast off body and mind of self and other no trace of enlightenment remains. And this traceless enlightenment continues endless. It's so amazing that that is always available. You can be free right now. but we have to be willing to forget the small self. That's the biggie. That most of us are like, I'm not gonna do that. I love my story. Yogin Sasaki says, like this cup, 
You are full of your own opinions and speculations. How can I show you wisdom unless you first, you first, empty your cup? To me, the beauty of this practice is learning how just to empty it up. And that's my wish for each of us together.